One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Randy Andy Datsun. Hey Datsun. Hi Ollie, how are you? I watch AW now, live. Yes, it's so good you might watch that mm. live. Absolutely. No, I had a great time watching the show, filling in for Luke, who's a busy boy. Yeah, he's a busy boy today. It's a bank holiday here tomorrow in the UK. Uh, and we're trying to observe those holidays still somehow, even though work days feel the same as every days. Uh, and uh, in Luke's absence, we've completely ballsed up the podcast recording. He usually takes care of this. So let's just get on with the yeah. main show. Let's talk about Brody Lee taking on John Moxley as Brody Lee's sort of first big feud, and I guess also John Moxley's first big feud after winning the belt. So this came after a pretty standard match between John Moxley and Kaz, and Mox won that pretty easily. Um, and then the Dark Order attacked, like swarmed the ring. And usually they've been feuding with SCU over the last few months, really. But they also started to beat up John Moxley. Uh, Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky ran out. They got beat up by the Crawlers as well. And then out comes Mr. Brody Lee in the most Vince McMahon suit combo possible. Sort mm. of the light brown trousers and the blue blazer jacket. And he cuts a, a you know really decent promo on Moxley says, you've got something I want. Give me a title shot. And Moxie just looks up at him from the ground and says, all you had to do was ask. It was like a really badass reply. And then the Dark Order beat him up again. And Mr. Brody Lee walked off with the mm. AEW title. And later in the night, they confirmed it will be Moxley versus Lee at Double or Nothing. Yes, I thought it was a, a nice segment. As you said, the, the match sort of prior was pretty standard. I, I thought that, that that Moxley gave Kaz plenty of offense in that. So that was nice to see. Um, but he won with a kind of a bit of a, a uh, paradigm shift out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, my, my only question, as I sort of mentioned to you beforehand, is, is it too soon for Lee to get a main title shot? Because as much as like he's going to be in the main event, I, I just thought maybe he could have had a couple of feuds beforehand because this is, as you say, his sort of only real feud now. Um, he's had a couple of matches and he's sort of beat people up. But to put him into a title feud where either you have to have him lose or you have to make John Moxley lose, uh, which feels both kind of counterintuitive, if you ask me, um, because you want to put Lee over as the kind of the head of the Dark Order. Um 
so I don't know. Is there just a, a scurry finish heading our way? Will will he be about to lose and the dark order jumps in? I'm not. I'm not sure. I want to see that. Yeah, it it is a curious one, and I'm not against it. I think um, for the situation AEW have found themselves in, you know, John Moxley wins the title at Revolution, and you know he's, he's got all the momentum in the world behind him, like a, a really surprising win over Jericho, actually. But then Steve Carino happened, and he hasn't mm. really got to have that fiery feud coming off the back of it uh the, the, there was some interaction with jericho there was the jake hager match as well of course but really he hasn't had anything to sink his teeth into so to use Brody lee who you know is in a similar position he's debuted but apart from marco's stunt doesn't really have a tangible storyline with someone else he just has it sort of within within his own faction um so what you lack there is is context and stuff, but even though it's not really alluded to, they have a huge amount of backstory in WWE. You know, mm. with that, th- those fantastic Wyatt family versus Shield matches back in 2012, mm. I want to say. Um, so I and and I when I was doing the, the research as well, they had matches in CZW as John Moxley and Brody Lee. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because you've got. You've, it, it is Shield versus uh, White family, but it's not the sort of it's it's not the main members of either faction because you've you've got sort of Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt as the two sort of heading up guys, and you'd almost call Dean Ambrose the third pop member of the Shield. And I'd be interested to see what people think, sort of whether Luke Harper was the third member of the White family or whether that was Rowan. I see it was sort of they kind of tossed up, but it's it's amazing how eight I guess eight years later how things have changed from from that i mean now i'd be much more excited i think about this feud than i would be about a roman reigns versus bray wyatt feud um as much as brilliant as bray wyatt is and, and roman reigns is great but it's it's such a a different way of looking at the two teams because you sort of saw them as the sort of lackeys and and the, and the guys behind the scenes who were who were working hard but never really got the push that they deserved and now they've moved somewhere else and they're both being sort of viewed as the top guys in the company. It's almost like an alternate history mm. where out of the, the that main event 2012 scene in WWE, really five of those six guys, you know, everyone but Rowan, I'm afraid, should have been main eventers in WWE. But that yeah. didn't happen for 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 Harper. It certainly it happened to an extent with Ambrose, but never fully. So mm. it's really nice that they found a, a main event of a pay-per-view of a very big show, albeit with special circumstances here but to to your earlier point i i agree i don't know how they're going to get around this but i you know trust trust in AEW. really they've done storylines and characters like that multi like over and over again since their inception so i've got to think they have they they're perfectly aware of what might happen Mm. that if you have brody lose his first proper match then yeah, that's going to really cut his legs out from underneath him. Same with Moxley. If he loses his first pay-per-view title defense. So I've, the only thing in my head that they can get around this with is, is with some form of debuting new star or, or a rise up from within the dark order faction itself, which, which is also too soon. Yeah. I, I think if someone's going to win clean, it has to be Brody Lee. But I, I don't think he should. Um, I, I don't. You don't want to see Brody Lee just lose, because then it's just sort of, well, what was what was the point of that? I can sort of see them giving Lee the win, maybe not with like lots of interference, but with a sort of a bit of Dark Order getting involved early on in the match, maybe weakening uh, Moxley, and then Moxley can have a few other feuds, and then he can return to Lee once he's kind of powered up again, but. Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to have to have some kind of dark order involvement. Where I don't know, it 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 feels like they've really booked themselves into a corner here. But if anyone can book themselves out of the corner, it's AEW. I mean, I, I don't want to. I know I, I've never done this review before, and I don't want to jump on the. Well, if it was WWE, they wouldn't do it <laughs> um, straight away. But I feel like because the wrestlers are being given so much more freedom to, to kind of choose themselves. I just, I trust them more, especially because it's Brody Lee who's worked 
so close with people like Bray Wyatt, who's a genius, and you've got Moxley, who's completely changed everyone's opinion of him, I think, since he joined AW. Um, so, yeah, if, if anyone can do it, it's them. Um, but, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what route they take. I, the, the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is that, yeah, that of course, the Dark Order, loads of interference on Brody Lee's part, but maybe one of them screws up. And I think it has to be someone on the level of an Evil Uno or a Stu Grayson because they, they haven't really been around since Brody Lee joined mm. the faction. And that can almost send Brody Lee into super Vince McMahon mode where he's just burying yeah. people in his own faction. And rather than splitting that faction up, they just become more worried and loyal to him. What? Uh, yeah. So one thing I'd be worried about is that I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of Vince McMahon spots for that history they could use, but I'd be worried that they're going to try and incorporate some kind of spot from a Vince McMahon match in this match where they where Lee sort of goes so meta that I don't know maybe uh, Linda McMahon turns up and kicks him in the balls. Or, I don't know. Or just there's going to be something which is so obviously. Vince that it almost kind of takes away from the spectacle of it all. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, so, thank you to the submission magician, Sean Baszler. Woo. <clears throat> the jester, Ryan Kester. Thank you very much. Spoken class today, Jeremy Smith. That's a Pearl Jam thing, I think. Okay. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Thank you, Evan. Yo, Adrian! Rocky. Thank you, Rocky. The Incredible Tarzo. It's like I've got my own personal seal. Not the singer. The, oh. uh, the, uh, the, the fish? The mammal? It's a mammal. Joe. 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 Never wrong, Tyler Wright. The life of Flynn. Leader of the boys, Dalton Sizemore. The machine gun, Gregory Anderson. And the redneck, Dennis Hicks. Oh, thank you very much, everyone. And thank you to our excellent moderation team, Modmother, 
Jenna, and Ooh. is who else is in there at the moment? I think Daoud's not in there. Sorry, folks. I don't know who else is in the in the chat today. Uh, but thank you, Mod Mother, <laughs> and everyone else. Let's see mm. what the su 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 super chats say. Of course, get in your super chats. We'll be getting to them throughout the show. Ones that have come in so far from Matt, not from Matt Hardy, on the <gasps> subject of Matt Hardy, from Matthew Shiel. Sammy getting hit with a golf cart was hilarious, mm. and the street fight actually felt like a fight. Getting what they can to use as weapons was great. You can tell it's a street fight because they're wearing jeans. Uh, there was and so much denim. And I don't know about you, but all the street fights I've ever had, we've, we've had to change into jeans beforehand because otherwise it doesn't, it's, a, it's not a street fight. But it's yes, not regulation the, the, attire. No, exactly. And, and yeah, the, the, the golf cart bump was brilliant. I saw it before I watched the show and I thought, oh, that looks a bit goofy. But then when I saw the whole thing, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Because he's sort of running away. He has to realize he has to run away a bit more slowly than he was pl quite planning <laughs> on it. And then he sort of turns around a few times and sort of, jumps into it rather than uh, just going to get hit. But I think that was the only way of actually not getting run over. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, um, I did, it still looks like a horrible bump to take, though. Uh, yeah. Joshua Dominics has said, I disagree with you guys. I think Brody losing and blaming it on all of his followers and beginning to snap would be so interesting to me. I agree. I think that's essentially what we just said. Maybe you got in mm. that comment before we said that. But yeah, I think for that to really work and protect Brody to the maximum degree, one of the followers, there has to be a reason why they he's screw targeting up, yeah. the, the follower. Uh, Alterego, is blood and gut still happening? It really feels like it's been dropped. Uh, I, it, I think it will. It's, they're, they're not the sort of, I don't think it's the sort of promotion that would just drop it completely. I think it'll happen when they have a live audience. It's a match that I think requires a live audience because of the, the stipulation of the big the cages and things like that. Because um, I think you can have a lot of matches without an audience. Like, for example, this street fight was a perfect example of that. You can you can use so many props that it doesn't really matter. And um, the backstage area where there were, for some reason, some children. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're going to wait till they can actually have an audience back in before they do blood and guts. Yeah, going by interviews, they all said they definitely still want to do it. It's just a bit irresponsible for them to have 10 people in a mm. ring like that. Uh, well, we'll talk about more about that later. Joshua Dominic's all the crowd noise makes such a big difference. Me, personally, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually prefer it. I, we'll get onto that in a bit as well. I and did. The, the Crocker Billy, I've been watching Evil Uno on Twitch. He and Stu Grayson are stuck in Canada because of Steve Carino. So the travel bans, so, which is presumably why Pac hasn't been on the shows. I'm, I'm showing my ignorance, but why was one of the Creek uh, Dark Order people not wearing a shirt and all the rest of them were? Because you've got different layers of creepers. You've okay. got like the normal minions who are just faceless jobbers, but then you've got actual wrestlers who have been recruited and right. they get a different colour mask and okay. some slightly gotcha. different ringer. And a knee brace. So before we get into the rest of the play-by-play, -play, um, we'll just talk about our feelings, shall we? Should we talk about our feelings? Mm. Because on my uh, review that went up earlier, I said that I, I, I didn't really... I, I loved the main event. I thought it was enormously fun. The rest of the show I thought was, you know, to, to, to an average quality of, of dynamite which is you know very enjoyable still mm. but there was something about it that just didn't click with me from the get-go and it's taken me a you know i thought about it a lot and i it's just because i the, i know AEW said that everyone they've tested everyone they one tested positive look we it's so big that the space that we're in it's got ventilation all of these safety measures are in place so people don't get steve carino mm. i I, and this isn't a political thing. It's just I, I feel uncomfortable watching that kind of stuff right now. I, I don't know if anyone's the same. I watched a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up special last night. And the, even though it was filmed months ago, 
I felt weird by having seen so many people close together. So maybe it's on me. Um, but this was filmed live yesterday. And I, I think that there were a lot of people there and they weren't socially distancing. And, and I know you can talk about ways to get around it. Um, and there's definitely an argument that if you're going to get everyone in, you, you know, you batch tape, that's what they're doing. They're doing this every two mm. weeks. I, th I think there's a better way to do it where you just batch tape for six weeks in one go. So you minimize all the travel and logistics that comes with that. But the thing that I cut really, really will die on this hill is the inclusion of Jim Ross on commentary and bringing Jake the Snake Roberts out with Lance Archer. Because I feel like neither of those guys, as great as they are, in no way needed to be there. They, they added right. nothing extra to the product itself. And they are both at severely at-risk categories for this. And yeah, sure, they might have tested, they didn't test positive here, mm. and everyone else didn't test positive, but they're going to be traveling to and from the shows. I just think it's, it, it's, it's weird for a promotion that's actually dealt with this quite respectfully up until now, I feel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wrote my piece earlier. I sort of, the best way to deal with it would just put no wrestling on at all. But while they are putting wrestling on, they are, I guess, doing all that they can. But then they do something like this where they bring on Jake, who's sitting at ringside with a mask under his chin. And it's kind of like, if you're going to, bring him on with a mask at least have him wear it because that just sort of again sends a message of like we don't really have to wear a mask um and everyone at ringside is sort of they started sitting two meters apart from each other but then as the show went on they were just kind of hanging out talking to each other standing really close up and yeah it's well ventilated and whatever but i don't think a bit of ventilation is gonna change it if someone was unwell i know that i know they're testing beforehand and everything like that um but yeah it doesn't need to be a live show they've proven in the last however many weeks that it doesn't need to be a live show um wwe is now doing not live shows either and it just feels like it's a, a pointless risk um and i know that there'll be some people watching who have different views on it and who think oh well they're all being tested, so what, what's the problem here? But it, it just it just sends out the wrong message to me because um, you're you're watching these people. You're kind of as much as you might not think you are. You're you're kind of using them as an example, um, especially over here. I mean, I'm a I'm a soccer football fan, and they've all no one's playing, and I sort of use that as an example. Like, okay, well, that I think that's the right way to go. But then I watch this and thinking, well. Why on? Why isn't everyone doing the same thing? It, it just feels it just feels irresponsible. Yeah, it's a it's a mixed message. Like, f fair play, no one was sick, no one got sick, brilliant. Hmm. But that sort of message that you're sending to your viewers that hey, this isn't a you know maybe this isn't a big deal. Hey, mum, why is why are these why is everyone hanging out here? You know, it just yeah. sends the wrong kind of message. Uh, and yeah, the, so for the from the production side of things, weirdly. I enjoy just like if you take all of that stuff out of it, I enjoyed the last six weeks of TV more than I did this episode. I yeah. felt like having a larger place to put this in made that absence of fans feel more noticeable. Whereas the Georgia gym shows, because it was, and I, I get now that there's, you know, that, that own risks with it not being as well ventilated as Daly's place was here. But just having all of those seats and all that voided space made me notice the absence of a crowd more than it would the Georgia gym shows, where yeah. it, the setup doesn't make you realize something's missing. And one thing that they did that WWE hasn't done up to this point is sort of mention that something's wrong. That Jim Ross actually said, Steve Carino, um, and said that, oh, Jacksonville's a very... Steve Carino friendly uh, city and and you and there's sort of all this stuff and it's kind of almost like they're going well we're doing we're doing things it's like we're, we're, we're trying to be as it's almost like they're just throwing in these little excuses here and there it's almost as if it's the sort of person who goes I'm not making excuses but and then mm. makes loads of excuses um I mean they're not going to change what they're doing uh unless there's another crisis but given the leadership 
uh, over there, then it, it looks like we're going to get, this is going to be the norm going forward. And we might even get fans in the next couple of months. Yeah, so. it's insane to think about. Uh, and just if, if anyone thinks, oh, you're being too harsh on this, we have been saying the exact same thing about WWE mm -hmm. since this all began. So, and, and I've seen a few comments on my review be like, oh, finally, someone's, you know, giving AEW the same criticism that they gave WWE. Because, you know, it's if we weren't saying this stuff now, it is so hypocritical of us for not mm. to, you know, to... to level all these accusations against WWE and then when AEW do a very similar thing to not criticize them for the same practices. So yeah. if, if, if you are, if you're one of those fans who is very angry towards WWE for the way they've behaved in the last six weeks and sees no problem at all with what AEW are doing, then I think you need to have a think mm. about how your own beliefs and alliances might contradict each other. So still, people are still saying AEW bias in the uh, in the comment. So we'll never yeah. escape those. Uh, <laughs> shall we talk about the actual show though? Let's park all that stuff. Mm. Uh, Joey Janela versus Cody Rhodes was the opener. This was pretty much just to give Cody some momentum going yes. into his double or nothing clash against Lance Archer. Yeah, it was good. It was fine. I mean, Janela spoke a few weeks ago. Um, I would probably about two months ago, about sort of heading back, wanting to head back to the Indies because he didn't feel like he was getting enough screen time. Um, because he kind of, he had a bunch of matches at the beginning when sort of AW started. He had those great matches with uh, Kenny Omega. Mm. But since then, he's sort of been a bit of a, a non-entity. Um, so it was fun to see him back. Obviously, he's a, a great character, great personality. And it was a, yeah, as you said, a, a pretty standard match. And it's it's a sort of match that I miss because obviously I review SmackDown. It's the sort of match I miss on SmackDown because the exhibition match on SmackDown, you get our sort of shameless killing someone in a minute, whereas this is a sort of 10, 15-minute match where things actually happen and characters are built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were some really nice spots as well. I like the uh, Cody went for a disaster kick off the ropes mm -hmm. and Joey Janela caught him in a, in a release German. Um, and there was, yeah, it was just nice fun back and forth. Cody won with the crossroads shakes joey's hand afterwards what was peculiar to me though is they had a lot of the wrestlers at mm. ringside is how much they kept on focusing on shida mm. like cody threw the weight belt into the crowd it was her who caught it but then joey janela seemed to be talking to her as well well they were also talking to that leroy bloke in the crowd yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of crowd uh stuff yeah i i don't really i mean Maybe I'm missing something with the Sheeta thing, um, but yeah, they, they, there was there was plenty of folks on it. Maybe maybe they're sort of trying to get her over as the next challenger to to Nyla Rose. But th there was one particular spot in this match which was confusing because I think I think it was a botch where Cody throws Janella towards the ramp, and I think Janella was supposed to do kind of like a like a sort of forward roll handstand, and he just sort of hits the rope, puts his hands on it, jumps a bit, and then goes, oh, wait, I haven't got momentum for this, and then just sort of turns around and, and hits Cody. I don't know if you, if, if you spotted that. It was strange, but it, it, didn't, it didn't distract from the match too much. Andy, to, to school you on AEW and how we review these shows, mm. AEW don't botch. Oh, okay. give red herrings. Okay, right, right. Okay, yeah. cool. It was, really, it was a really interesting piece of storytelling. Uh, it, <laughs> um so, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on the Sheeta thing, but now you mention it. Yeah, it was uh, an unusual amount of focus. Well, that played into the next segment, which was a video package hyping up all of the women's division contenders. And we got the return of Nyla Rose, a mm. women's champion who hasn't been around for about, you know, just under two months, really, since uh, all this kicked off because she couldn't get to the tapings. And she destroyed a enhancement talent called Kenzie Page. Mm, who's 18. Um, so that, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a squash match. Um, I think they're doing their best with Rose and they're doing their best with the women's division. Um, but when you, when your women's champion, when, when the champion of a division, which is struggling already, isn't around for two months, then I think it makes it even 
more difficult to get it over. I know Britt Baker's been doing some really good stuff. Um, and obviously, sheed has got a really good record and things like that. But then they're sort of just thrown in. I don't know, I don't know how much of a push has Penelope Ford been getting. Um, and then you've got Statlander, who's, a, who's an alien. So I feel, I feel like what they're, they're pushing towards either a, a match between Sheeda and Rose or Britt Baker and Rose. I think, I think more Britt Baker, there was a sort of, they kept mentioning like her as a, as a potential contender. The fun thing about the women's division, as you said, it's tough because the women's champion hasn't been around for the last two months. You could have said that before the Steve Carino crisis with Rio, who was just yeah. missing from Dynamite for weeks at a time because she was wrestling in Japan. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I, the women's division still hasn't caught fire because it keeps on just. Yeah, AW haven't put enough focus on it, really. But in this match, they kept on cutting to the women in the around the ring. Britt Baker, Statland, the Sheeda. I was thinking, I do want that. They have all been building independently of each other, and I, I am now mm. looking forward to a clash. Uh, after that, we got MJF doing a promo uh, in front of what I think is a green it was, screen. It was weird. I didn't realize it was a green screen until they moved the chair, and then it was yeah, like, yeah. okay, it's a green screen. Uh, but the the Zoom background, I guess, mm. was a fancy skyline of a city. And he's sitting in a red chair. He, he cuts a really good promo. It's, it's MJF uh, about how he's not the next Rock or the next Roddy Piper. He's something this industry's never seen. Keeps saying how he's not a kid. He's a 24-year-old man. And then he stands up and a stagehand removes his chair. And another stagehand walks in with a giant throne, mm. and MJF sits on it. And he says, "I'm I'm here to reclaim it." And there's there's so much sort of subtext in there because Cody smashed a throne on that AEW pay per view last year. So mm. I like how they're they're weaving so many different feuds in yeah. here. Yeah, as, as a 24 year old man myself, I, uh, I I enjoyed that bit of storytelling. Um, yeah, I, I really like MGF. He once called me a piss ant British journalist on Twitter, so I've got I've got a, a nice relationship with him. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's good, and he's going to be back next week in action. Um, he's going to be against Jungle Boy Nate Coy or whatever they call him, Jack Perry, mm. at, uh, at the whatever it's called, Double or Nothing. Yeah, that was really nicely done because then it cuts to the crowd where MJF is with Sean Spears, who have kind of bonded over mm. their mutual hate of Cody, which is really fun to see. Yeah. And Tony Schiavone's interviewing them. MJF's healing it up. He even says how he's overhealed from his injuries, which was a nice yeah. bit of wordplay. And Tony Schiavone, who just plays his role perfectly, says, well, you know, they'll be good when you face Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing. And MJF, huge comedic spit of water, like he's doing a Triple H entrance, saying, what? That's No, that's the first I've heard of that. So mm. it's really, really good undercutting of this kind of cocky heel. Uh, then we got the Mox versus Kaz match, which we've talked about. That was the one with the Dark Order running. Yeah. Uh, then we got Lance Archer versus QT Marshall. Mm, well, we got a Brandy Rhodes uh, promo before that. Uh, where she was sort of saying, oh, it's not 1991 anymore. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Uh, sort of talking to Jake the Snake, saying, you keep my name out of your dirty old mouth. Um, perhaps that's why he was wearing a mask. Um, but, yeah, Archer just... I loved how Archer just came out and just killed someone at ringside, and it was just, okay, all right. It's, it's his gimmick. Yeah. He, he beats up people on the way to the ring who aren't wrestlers. It's probably good that he's debuted in a no fans era because he'll just be killing killing fans. Yeah. Um. I so this this was just a standard squash match. Mm. I it, it, Lance Archer was never in trouble. He kept on beating up QT Marshall, but then pulling him up before the three count. Uh, and then Britt Baker attacks Brandy with a shoe because uh, Baker hit QT during the match with her heel, and Brandy throws it into Rosehead somewhere. So Baker takes out Brandy in the post-match, rolls her in the ring, and I'm like, oh my God, Lance Archer is going to give her the blackout. Which would have been, that would have been amazing, I yeah. think. Instead, Jake Roberts got in with, with the snake, which was cool to see, mm. and he draped it on Brandy Rhodes' unconscious body. 
and then he just sort of it wasn't he didn't thrust no. but he kind of, I don't know sort of do it but you sort of did that over her lifeless body um, yeah. which was weird um but yeah I mean I uh, the the shoe yeah so it was the shoe thing so she it was brandy throads into the crowd uh and then yeah she just gets ddt thrown into the ring and then sort of here's my giant snake penis mm. i'm going to thrust on you and i'm twice your age so, it was. Uh, it's not 1991 anymore, Jake. No, it's not. Maybe that's what the promo was foreshadowing. I, I see whether that was kind of improvised or whether he would. They would said, "Look, Jake, just or just Jake, do something weird." Yeah. yeah. I, I, there's, I, I don't actually see anything wrong with it personally, no. but it, it, it just did. It did come across a bit weird, or it, <laughs> you know, those bits where it takes you out of the drama and you're just like, "Oh, that's a bit weird." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I personally thought the, you know, well, I've already said my piece. I don't think Jake the Snake mm. should have been there at all. Yeah. I think that it would have been more heat and, and made the the feud far scarier if it was Lance who was doing the sort of intimidation there. Um, then we got Taz backstage interviewing Darby Allen and kind of soliciting his business, maybe, yeah, uh, and offers him some professional insight. But then Darby just walks off, kind of declining the offer. Yeah, I, I sort of thought maybe this will be a, a thing where Taz keeps trying to interview him and keeps giving his advice. And then eventually Darby kind of gives in and they become a kind of duo. Um, it, I think it was a good bit of bit, good bit of character play. Um, Darby's annoyed that, about losing. Um, doesn't want to talk about it yet, but maybe he'll open up. I... And I would quite like to see Taz and Darby together just because I'm kind of keen for Taz to do anything really in AEW. Of course, he does commentary. He's really good at it and those little move breakdown vignettes. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, I do want it, but I don't think I need it. I think Darby yeah. works better as a lone wolf character. Yeah. And then came the main event. Mm. Or as uh, our editor Rich described it, DDT Dynamite, because this was a lot of people described the Nakazawa Omega Best Friends tag match from a few weeks ago as a DDT style comedy tag match. Mm. This street fight, however, was what I'm most familiar with DDT with, and that is just crazy bonkers fools count. Well, not fools count anywhere. I guess it was, wasn't it? Just yeah. fools count anywhere shenanigans. I, this was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was sort of as if someone had said they'd gone. Oh, do, do we have to start in the ring? Oh, yeah, you've got to <laughs> you've got to start in the ring. That you can do anything after that. It just starts, so Matt Hardy just bites Guevara immediately. Um, yeah, it it sort of started in the ring. There was a, the splash through the table. Then Jake Hager gets involved, and as soon as Hager gets involved, that's where it kind of dissolves into this complete madness. Um, it was a strange place to put an ad break. I thought. Because there was the 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 small screen while the start of the brawl backstage happened. Um, during that was when I think Matt got hit by a bin or a trash trash can, as, as you would call it. Um, yeah, it, it was just it was mental. Yeah, they uh, so at one point Jericho kind of fights broken Matt Hardy to the back. Jericho mm. and Sammy come down and they target gang up on Omega, but then sort of version one Matt Hardy comes out instead, normal mm. Matt Hardy and wrestles as normal Matt Hardy. And later on Jericho and Hager, I think stuff him into a sort of ice locker. Yeah, man, that was, that was cold. Yeah. And very good. Is that the one? Uh, I did one earlier. You didn't even hear it. I said Brandy Throads. Um, and then there's, there's, that was, that was, that was worse. But uh, you know, I was interested to see that they called the twist of fates, I think they might have called it some kind of cutter. Because some I, I, kind I, I of mallet. They're allowed to maybe is Twist of Fate a, a copyright? I don't know. Strange. They did it a couple of times, and both times they were like cutter. Because mm. uh, they quite clearly wanted to say Twist of Fate. Um, but yeah, so he throws him into the icebox, and then he comes out again as broken, rebroken. Um, so I don't know what happened in that in that icebox, but 
clearly something bad. It's like a lake of reincarnation. It's mm. been fr frozen into ice cubes and put you in broke the lock. ice. But there was just stop it. There's just a, <laughs> there were there were so many fun bits, and just when I thought, okay, that's that's the big fun bit, like mm. like broken Matt coming out of the ice locker, which you could see coming from a mile away, though it doesn't make it any less brilliant. Uh, they Matt gets in broken Matt now. I think he says to the camera as well, the ice has brought back Damascus, mm. and he gets in a buggy. And he drive bys Chris Jericho. And I was like, that's yeah. really that's really fun because yeah. any buggy action is gonna have those fond recollections of WrestleMania X7 and that excellent Kane, Big Show, Raven, hardcore triple threat. Mm. And then Omega gets in the same buggy and they drive around and Sammy's like, What's going on? And then the cap it was like really good camera work, cuts to this shot of Matt Hardy and Omega in the buggy speeding mm. towards Sammy with Omega hanging out the window, just pointing at <laughs> Guevara. That's and the then Guevara just takes a, a bump off of it. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, it was really good. I really appreciated Guevara's commitment to just being a rag doll. And just, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. And I, he sort of is it's quite lucky with those. I know it's a sort of gimmicked, gimmicked, buggy but they've kind of got like plexiglass sort of plastic in front of them so i think it's quite a safe bump to take even though it looks pretty gnarly um because it's, it's quite thin it's, it's almost like the stuff that lexan which is unbreakable although it breaks every single um elimination chamber match i think it's that kind mm. of thing where it probably looks a lot worse than it is uh, mm. which is good you don't want him to actually put his face through glass yeah, um, it's not real folks you can no uh so and then there was a bit where omega climbs up uh, like a scissor lift and does a a moonsault over the back and only hits matt hardy i noticed um because it's yeah, meant to be it was, Hager as well wasn't it yeah um but the finish comes after some of matt sort of put through a table a very soft table um and the judas effect mm, yeah and uh santana and ortiz got involved as well oh, so yeah. it, was, it was all of the inner circle versus two guys judas effect make the pin but they this was just a fantastic visual ending because mm. the inner circle win they haven't stood tall for a while really it feels like they haven't really been around they've been doing the bubbly bunch stuff and we got to go off air with jericho standing up flanked by all these cronies with the jacksonville jaguar stadium ground behind them they're in sort of one mm. of the tunnel entrance ways so the field was in the background along with this giant scoreboard, Titantron kind of thing, right at the other end of the, the the field, and it just came up with the inner circle, the inner circle's name on it. And you know, there's if you really think about it, there's no way that will happen. Because <laughs> how did the graphics department know that, or the production trucks were for so long? They were like, right, so we're going to probably finish this match in about five minutes. So if you can mm. get that ready, um, yeah, and where to where to position the camera? But I just I thought. It was a terrific visual ending for it. I'm always interested to see the American middle finger because I think Americans and Brits do the middle finger very different. I don't know if this to get us demonetized. If you do a middle finger, well, how do you do it? I I don't. I, you know what? I really don't like doing the middle finger. It's one of my many prudish things, so I won't. I, do okay, it. I, I won't. I'll point it towards myself. But I'm very much a. I, I sort of do it like that. Whereas the Americans have this kind of more. Mm. I don't know what it is. The knuckles go up. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. more. Of a, I think that's why they call flipping the bird because it looks like it's got wings. But there you go. Well, I, I, d I didn't really. It was a fun episode, but I, mm. I didn't give it a rating. I just, I, there was something about the whole experience that didn't sit right with me. Uh, some people have been nice about that. Uh, others, others are, are, are furious, mm. and I didn't give it an arbitrary rating based on my own opinion. Um, but what would you give it if you had to? I would give it a, a three and a half uh, to, to four. Uh, I, I liked the show. Um, mm -hmm. I really liked the main event. The main event kind of left me. It, it's always good when a show leaves you with something. Oh, Andy. Fun. Because oh. the rest of the show, more exciting. Oh. Sorry, you're back now. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Oh, that's good. Uh, I can hear you. It's slightly out of sync on my on my feed, mm. but uh, um, yeah, no. I think I think leaving you with something good is the best way to to make me happy. 
um, which is possibly why I haven't enjoyed SmackDown uh, much recently. Um, but yeah, the rest of the show was fine. So the super chats, let's finish those off. Sawyer says, I have to wonder how or if the Brody Mox feud would have been booked if there was no Steve Carino. I think they're doing the best with the circumstances and trust AEW to get a lot out of the next few weeks. Hmm. I, th- I still think they would have done the feud. Um, I don't see why they would change. I don't see why this situation would change unless they wanted to. Maybe they're saving someone else for Mox when they've got a crowd back. Um, but I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like they've changed plans. It doesn't feel like this is the way they were. They were not going to go originally. I always felt like Chris Jericho would have got a rematch, but mm. maybe not. Cal Cullen, limit draw. Mox wins with the arrival of the revolt. Ha- the, the rival haven't got a non-compete clause, have they? No, uh, effective no. immediately. Um, I I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. Because you'll just have the optics of four ex WWE guys. Yeah, I think that's dangerous in the main event. And um, plus, like, if the Revolt help Mox win, does that position them against Brody Lee? I I, I don't know if that I, feud I works want, either. I kind of want to see the Revolt as a heel team as well. Yeah, um, in the tag division. Yeah. Uh, Dippio D. Paul, I don't think Mox versus Brody feels like a pay-per-view main event of double or nothing. It doesn't have a big match feel. Also, I don't think Brody is established enough. Yeah, I could see that. I could see why you'd think that. Um, and certainly he's not as established as some other people. Um, but I think they've kind of got to work with what they've got. I feel like Pac could have been someone for Moxley to face, but obviously he's not there. Um I think they're doing their best of what they, they they've got, and I do think I do trust them to do the right piece of booking. And to be honest, after the match is done, I, I probably won't know what the right booking was until I've seen what they do, and then I can and then I can decide, well, that was wrong, or I can go, oh, that was really clever. Yeah, we're all Captain Hindsight's here. Yes. Uh, Rangers mayhem. Jericho putting a cone on his head and laughing like a witch was hilarious. Like that. It was just kind of, you could tell he just saw it and went, I know what I'm doing with that. Yeah, he, he just loves getting over inanimate yeah. objects, bottles of champagne, scarves, yeah. Mitch the plant. Uh, and they also put at the end here, well, Ollie defend Pete and Luke after Sean Ross Sapp called them jobbers on his podcast. Well, we'll just have to find out, won't we? I don't know if I've got the strength to defeat Sean Ross Sapp. You may, you may have to turn up with an inner circle of your own. And yeah. have like five people in your team. All of like out of the Quizzlemania boxes, all of Wrestle Talk could be in one. Uh, Miguel eight eight. Clearly, the best part of the show was Kip Sabian pulling out the glasses, but having glasses underneath spots stole the show. You know where you do the yeah, yeah. very good. Uh, dances with AK-47s. You've gone soft, Ollie. Virus is not as serious anymore. They were tested before the show. No risks. Crowd noise made it better, and the main event was amazing. No, so come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to be. The virus is still as serious as it ever was. It's not It's not a, a less potent virus now. We are better equipped to uh, deal with it. But it's still the same virus. People, thousands of people are still dying every day. It's not like it's gone, okay, well, we've had this for a while now. Therefore, it's not as serious. It's just what we're saying is it's sending the wrong message and that you don't need to have old men hanging around where old men are at high risk of dying. Yeah. Uh, Dippyoti Paul, Lesnar makes more appearances than AEW women's champions. That's probably true. Uh, well, they're both called The Beast. Mm. Josh DeDominics, I missed the announcement of the number one contender's ladder match at Double or Nothing Live. Who would you guys put in the match? That's Thanks for reminding us of that, Josh. This was announced in the show that at Double or Nothing, rather than the Casino Battle Royal that they had last year, mm. it will be a ladders match. So, ah. I don't know, kind of like their money in the bank, I guess. So it's a number one contenders match for the AEW Championship. I can't remember, actually. I should have written this down. 
I, I can um, see it. I can. If it's this, that I, I can see it being someone that they are looking to give a push. Not, it's not someone who's going to win, um, but someone like a Kip Sabian, uh, who they just want to give a title match. Yeah, like a TV title like, match. Yeah, it, it, it is for the world title. Yeah, so like a, like a 20-minute title match could do wonders for someone like that. Uh, or someone who's kind of been out a bit out of luck, so maybe someone like Spears. Um, I think there are loads of ways you could go with it. Um, mm. But in terms uh, of who should be in it, all of yeah, Death Triangle and and Moxley is a is a great way. And what Moxley's a, a sort of will put them over. Um, mm. He like, he'll make sure that happens, which is good. Uh, maybe Darby Allen, Darby Allen in a in a ladder match, and then yeah, to reprise that feud with with yeah. Mox. Colostopia, Darby to enter an anime training arc with Taz, and finally <laughs> Jeff Pete. The feud has a month of build to get hyped. Mm. I do want to see Jericho versus Pete. What? It's, it's next week, isn't it? Yeah, it's next uh, next Wednesday. So uh... Jericho got that that all over just from a few lines on. The man's a genius. A lot of people were saying that they missed Jericho on commentary actually this week. Uh, Yeah, that's one of I think Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho were were such a good commentary team. I loved the the normal commentary team. There was no reason to bring Jim Ross in. You could have had Jericho the whole do it again the whole night, and then just at the end he's like, oh well, now I've just got to go and beat these like losers. Mm. Um, And then he could just cope. Yeah, so. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, my Mr. Brody's promo was excellent. I thought it was very good. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as you did. But Billy mm-hmm. Sailor, don't blame AEW. U.S. opening malls this weekend. Well, yeah, this is another one of the things. Well, you know, read up on a lot of people are saying. Well, you know, in Florida, non-essential businesses are allowed to open. Um, I, I still don't. I think yeah. it's it's then down to the company's responsibility whether they yeah. want to run or not. Just because you're allowed to do something doesn't mean you should do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm allowed to smoke. I don't because it's the wrong thing to do. Um, so I think I, I think that's a difficult one because obviously, yeah, they want to put on a product. They want they want to get earn money. They want to keep. I don't know if they've got there's a clause in their TNT deal where they need to do a certain amount of live shows like the one of WWE. Um, yeah, I don't think you can sort of just say, well, they're all doing it. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's a very, well, if everyone else ran off a cliff, yeah. would you? Uh, yeah. Christopher Jazzcat, AEW needs Chris Hero. That He'll be an incredible signing. Mm, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I, I, as much as I enjoyed Cassius Ono, he he was just a big guy to for people mm. to get over. He, I think one big run in AEW um, to sort of cement his legacy because I don't think he managed to do that in WWE because obviously he's a indie hero. Um, to actually see him have a proper run as Chris Hero rather than Cassius Ono would be cool. Yeah, uh, Justin Anzaludia, top ten list ideas. Thank you. Top ten AEW versus WWE matches wrestlers from any era and top 10 AEW matches so far support wrestle talk thank you justin i mean we're just basically getting those already we've got matt hardy we've got, <laughs> we've got um, so i want chris jericho in a circle leader versus heel 2008 chris jericho yeah uh, gabriel d have some money thanks for reporting on AEW, even with your horrible wwe bias you hacks yeah i know well Depends Someone's got to Vince pays mm. the checks, doesn't he? Yeah. Lincoln Jacket Lincoln. Well, it's Lincoln. Uh, yeah. How's the web traffic today, Ollie? That's uh, I think that's a. Is that a sl- because Sean Ross Sapp? Luke didn't Luke say something about Sean Ross Sapp's fightful? Yeah, yeah. So there was. I think Adam said, "Oh, there's six thousand viewers," and Luke just goes, "Hey, that's more than your daily web traffic, isn't it?" <laughs> um, fightful is a wonderful website. Yeah. And once you finish looking at WrestleTalk.com, I urge you to go over there and read the same stories. Although uh, Sean Ross Sapp fears Davis. Mm. Uh, Lincoln continues, also that Heidenreich answer last night on Quizzlemania killed me. Steve added a lot last night too. Pachiti next? Well, but... I don't know. 
we're, 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 we've got a lot of plans. We, we've in got, fact, we've got two very fun weeks coming up for you. names lined up and you'll find out on Monday. Mm. Uh, and thank you, Garage Art with a V, who's the other moderator in the chat. Cheers mm. for helping out, pal. Well, we've got a few minutes before we actually have to go live, so how's lockdown treating you, Andy? What oh, games are you playing? I hate it, Ollie. I really hate lockdown, but I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, which is a, a lovely kind of calming, relaxing game with my girlfriend. You can uh, you sort of start a farm together and you build farm buildings, go fishing, go mining, um, buy animals and things like that and grow crops. So it's very wholesome um, and it's a, it's a calming thing that we do most evenings. Um, other than that, I've been playing uh, Xbox, I've been playing Call of Duty with some friends. Uh, I've ordered myself some jigsaw puzzles. Um, so I'm just trying to kind of keep keep myself from going insane what what about you what are you what are you playing so i'm playing star wars jedi fallen order which oh uh, finally yeah well i got it when it came out loved it and i do this all the mm. time with games play it very intensely and then just stop and not complete it maybe it's because how, how... i think i was about two-thirds of the way through but now i am at the jed uh, sorry the the sort of sith imperial fortress the imperial inquisitors Okay. Place, which I, that feels yeah. like the last level. I think that is the last level. Um, not that I remember, but I think you are nearing the end. Um, I, well, I, I, will, I will note that it, I, it was quite an abrupt end. I was like, oh, okay, I finished the game. Um, which was, uh, it was a very good game, but um, it feels like there could have been a, a few more levels, given that it, all games these days cost £900,000. Um, I was going to buy myself animal crossing uh but then i noticed that game. that was 50 pounds and i thought i could i could eat for a week instead um and also stardew's quite a similar game so i feel like i'd be kind of just playing the same game but on a switch um so yeah i i defeated one of the bosses apparently the hardest boss in the game yesterday uh Ma Maliotius, Maliotius. he's like a jedi who's now taken over uh, the Night Sisters. Book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So he's yeah he's sort of he's that kind of traveler wanderer person yeah, yeah. who turns out to be a bit power hungry. Um, so yeah, it took me ages. I, honestly, I took an hour on him, and I just kept on trying and trying and trying yesterday. And my lady partner, who's been working in the same front room as me, said, "Well, you, you know, I've got this mm. call at this time, so you can't carry on." after this time because you're making a lot of noise I was like, okay have my headphones on and i'm doing it i'm doing it and honestly it's it's coming up to two o'clock i am i am i am i'm it's the best i've ever done but i'm on little health at the one two more hits yeah. i'm done and then i like it's something happens the other person gets involved that gives me a leg up i'm getting near the end of the battle i think i can do it but two's happened the phone call the zoom meeting has started for my lady partner i i am in my own little world and i defeat him and i freak out silently i can't i can't stop these emotions i'm like i can't it's a very difficult thing to convey mm. on an audio format but i'm just yes i'm screaming silently uh I, I, I think the key for me was to use the... Because you know you end up getting two lightsabers. is the double overhead whack, which seemed to really like, like break his defense, and then you can kind of go in with a few slashes. L1 um, square. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. no, see, I've got an Xbox. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I, I mean, I, pl I played it when, it when it came out uh, at the end of last year, so... Um, but yeah. Well, we've got a, a show to do. Sorry to wrap you up, but... Uh... We will, well, Luke and Adam will be back tomorrow with the Rest Talk podcast, and Andy and Luke will be here reviewing mm. SmackDown. It's all change on Saturday. And then we've got loads of Money in the Bank stuff coming your way early next week. But for now, to steal a Luke line, I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.